What is going on, everyone? And welcome back into another episode of Expected Bets 4 presented by the Odds Breakers. On this week's episode, we'll be breaking down the games for January 31st and February 1st, along with offering our best bets in those matchups. But before we get started, let's bring in the rest of the crew. Betsky, how are we doing? We're doing good out here. Uh, found a cool little dive bar out here in Tempe that has like horse racing and a little book inside of the bar itself where you can just like get slips all day. So we watched the <laughs> Eagles game there and just like bet on horses all day with like a buck or two. It was so fun. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Horse racing. One of my passions. Absolutely love it. Franco, how we do it out in Philadelphia? Great, man. Um, uh, ready for the Super Bowl, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Yeah, man, that that game was awesome. <laughs> you were at that game, right? Yeah, it was it was electric there. That that stadium is bonanza. Seriously, yeah. it's it's crazy. Even though you guys were just like handed the win. Yeah, it was it was pretty nice. <laughs> it was it was a pretty fun time, man, to watch. But stress free. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice having it that way sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, all right, before we get into these games, let's. Uh, cover the trending topic of the NHL right now. Bo Horvat traded to the New York Islanders for Anthony Beauvillier, uh, Atu Rati, and a first-round 2023 pick. However, that can change if that is in the top 12. Um, initial thoughts here. Like the signing for the Islanders, I guess they need scoring desperately. Horvat's a guy who's tied his career high in goals this year with 31 through 49 games. He is a pending UFA, so you kind of have to wonder what direction they go with with that. Uh, Vancouver, I don't mind the trade at all for them. Uh, but again, questionable. You just trade Horvat as soon as you bring in a new coach and Rick Tockett. Um, I want to hear your guys' thoughts first before we kind of go down the list of question marks uh, on either side here. But um, Betsky, we'll start with you here. Kind of, What's your initial thoughts on this? Uh, my initial initial thoughts. Uh, it's that's it's all right for all sides involved. Yeah, um, it, it's it's like a it's almost like a B. Just like okay, yeah, kind of get your point, but there's also a lot of question marks. And and I never like just jumping and saying one team won a trade or one team yeah. lost a trade because how many times does it go the opposite way down the road? But um, besides the Sabers winning the Eichel trade, but we can go over that later. It, well, <laughs> I don't think anybody was saying that day one, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, or even more so, the Ryan O'Reilly one. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I was kind of talking about it with a buddy, and, and Vancouver's in a tough spot because you they've always managed to give up on the rebuild too soon. And haven't completely fully committed. So you, they had this core kind of around Horvat, and and that was kind of when they were coming out of the Sedin era, and and yeah. they were still sometimes sneaking into the playoffs, and then other times missing. And they got a great hit with him. Uh, I think he was twelfth overall in what two thousand thirteen. Uh, it's twelfth or or fourteenth. He was either right before Max Domi or right after. Um, yeah. And then, and then they got Bo- Bolser in 2015. I'm trying to think who they got in 2014. Oh, they got um, Vertanen, which was, a, I think, six overall. So they had like this cluster of late, like early teens, kind of later in the, the top 10 picks um, for a period there. And it just never really got the team through it. So you kind of had like essentially those three as 
maybe a quote unquote core developing obviously wasn't good enough. So then, then they started falling down the standings, but they weren't ever the true sellers. I mean, didn't they pick up to Foley a couple years ago and Tanner Pearson yep. to kind of build mm-hmm. around this Bosser Horvat lineup? And that didn't really work. And then they kind of lucked out with getting Pedersen fifth overall uh, in 2000, what, 17 or 18? 2017, that was the the Dalian year, right? Yeah. Um, and then they, they got another just grand slam with Quinn Hughes. And then they kind of overperformed again. And now, now they drafted Pod Colson in 2019, maybe around like 10, 10th overall or so. So it's like they get these two pieces at a time that are somewhat valuable, but they don't they don't get a bunch of second rounders to like supplement the prospect pool. They don't get extra ammo to go in for a younger guy. They always have to kind of deal for kind of the second plate or second tier player around the deadline when they wanted to add. And they probably shouldn't have added uh kind of before that second free fall to begin with. And I can't tell I I don't think they should commit to a full rebuild right now. So I really like the fact that they got ratty. Um, I thought Dallas has a lot of prospects that are a little bit more developed that they could have maybe knocked on their door a little bit. I thought Minnesota was going to be a great fit for Horvat because they have absolutely no centers and they have a great prospect pool of players that are somewhat developed, um, that you could insert into your lineup and maybe two seasons away to kind of supplement Pedersen and Hughes as your, your core. So I understand this draft's really deep. You definitely wanted to get a 23 first this year to have extra. Um, I, and I'm, I'm glad they weren't trying to double up on first and go for like a first this year and a 2024 first, because I think kids that you start drafting too late, aren't going to be able to kind of age with whatever core they're going to build around. But uh Bovillier is just a head scratcher to me unless they have a plan to move Bosser or, or Garland kind of immediately they have so much money tied up into wingers and then they're still stuck with JT Miller so I think they need to decide which way they're going to is this going to be a retool or is this going to be a full strip down and I think the retool is the way to go for them um So to me, in my head, it's like you got a first round pick that's probably going to be, well, it has to be top 12 to top, you know, what if, I mean, guess pick 32 if they were to reasonably win the cup, which they won't. So you're hoping that it's pick 12 to probably like 16, right? Then yeah, you get it's, so. top, it's top 12 protected. So it'd have to be, so 13, it has to be picked right? 13, 13 on, yeah, which is kind of dicey to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm shocked they didn't get top 10. And that's those two picks matter. Um, then you get a prospect that's dropped significantly in his draft year. I mean, he was kind of talking, I mean, there was talks of him being up to the second overall pick in, in 2021 that uh, is going to be like power and ratty. And then ratty just kind of fell off the map, went mid second round, and then had a really good draft plus one year. And then this year he's stagnated a little bit, but he's kind of entering the more, uh, and I think he's in the AHL now, and I think he's played some NHL games. So he looks okay. 
I mean, you you hope he can be a two C. I think he's probably going to be a really nice three C, a big, large three C to have that can kind of tween up to the second line if needed. Um, so you got that piece that kind of fits into more of the Pedersen uh, time frame, and then you got another skilled winger that doesn't really play two way to kind of plop in with all their other little skilled guys who don't really play too good two way games and. I also saw a tweet today saying that from an, another team's general manager that was very interested in Horvat that they didn't have any negotiations, even though they let um, Vancouver know, and they essentially got the vibe that Vancouver just like took the first deal that was offered to them. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that too, which is bizarre. It's it's like I saw uh, one theory that. Lou told them he would take the tra- trade off the table if they went somewhere else or something like oh, that. Interesting. Yeah, which, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Ratty was, like, that big of a deal for them, deal breaker for them, that they were like, all right, fine, we'll do it. You know, we, we don't yeah. want to lose that chance to get a guy that was a high prospect at a, at a point. And the first, I mean, like you said, I wish it was a little higher than, than 12th protected because yeah. – I mean, I can see fin- finish. I can, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see them finishing right around there this year. If, I mean, if they're right on the cusp of the playoffs right now, and if Horvat doesn't propel them, then they could be they could end up being sellers in a few weeks, which is bizarre considering they're a buyer right now. Like, totally. And Horvat's not a ninety point center. Uh, he's a fifty to sixty point center. He's on a he's. A, on a contract year and he's on the one of the top offenses in the league that can only win games if they outscore opponents. So this is, I think it's shooting percent is in the 20% or something right now. So I don't think this is the player you're, you're buying either. So it's not like Islanders just solved their first top center problem that they've had. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they just acquired Tavares on his like contract year. It's not like they just acquired Barkov for his last year before he goes to UFA or something. This is like getting, it's like getting JT Miller. Yeah. <laughs> or, or getting another Brock Nelson, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, but like a quicker the, Brock the, Nelson. The that's trade, great. The that's trade, great the trade literally feels like redundant player for redundant player. Like, yeah. They have Garland and Besser, and now you're adding Bovillier. It's, it's yep. the, like the same guy. It's like, the guys that Andrews shoot a lot, Lee. they're a little bit quick. They 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 shoot a ton. They're not like great goal scorers per se. Like they've yeah. shown some flashes in the past of being good goal scorers, but they're not really. And then you have Horvat going to the Islanders, and it's like he's a two C at best, I would say. That's have like exceeding expectations. I mean, his most goals in his career is thirty one last year, and he has thirty one right now, and yeah, almost half the games played. So. Yeah, and, I mean, and that was under like a Bruce Brudro coach team, which just yeah. always are like high flying offenses. You know, you've seen that. Do you remember that movie Multiplicity? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that. <laughs> yeah, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, and Horvat is like just splicing yeah. Brock Nelson three times. <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts on this too? I mean, if the Islanders are obviously kind of in a free fall right now, if mm-hmm. the trade deadline comes up in March. And they're clearly out of a playoff contention. Do the, you think they try to move Horvat, or what are your thoughts? Or are they trying no, to walk him to a long-term deal? You think he's there to stay? I saw people speculating that. I mean, I guess if they can, if they can extend his contract to whatever it's going to be, 
Mm-hmm. And then he becomes the player that you're trading that actually has a contract in place as opposed to a rental. Then a team could be interested, right? I mean, I guess yeah. either way, either way, like they, somebody could be interested if, if they believe that they can resign him and yeah. they can get maybe they can get something back greater than what they feel like they traded for him. God, yeah, that was my wild. thoughts too. Because if they if the Islanders do go on a run here and are say within like five points of a wild card spot come uh March, obviously they're gonna keep him. But if they're about ten or eleven back, I I don't really know what their game plan is here with him. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be the most connected thing ever year. if 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 the Islanders could just turn around and trade. Horvat for like three first. Yeah, re- recoup out. recoup more than them, and <laughs> and they clear like yeah. the Bovillier contract off their books too, which is just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, mean, I don't, that's, I don't that's understand that for the Canucks. I don't man. either. I don't like, either because how how did they not manage to pull? And I need to pull up their roster again, but like how did they not manage to pull one of the Islanders' defensemen? The, that's like the point that Vancouver needs so desperately. Yeah, like you couldn't get. The def- ah Sebastian Aho, the defenseman. Yeah, I would rather have him probably, honestly. But I mean, he's under such a small cap that the Islanders probably didn't want to trade him. No, totally. But they're I gonna trade it. like Pelic or Pollock, and then the Canucks are in cap hell even further than they already were. True, but those guys are signed forever. Yeah, but man, it's just it it just felt so. Yeah, the, the Bovillier part just felt really strange. I mean, he had flashes a few years ago. I, totally. I, mean, I don't think he's like a great player by any stretch or anything like that. But, um, you know, he did he did have 15 goals in 47 games the one year. It's just decent for yeah of, but, of him. But, but I can't see this isn't the type of player you you acquire at a deadline. I know. I'm not like so, I wouldn't be excited if I was a Canucks fan to get Bovillier. Well, and no, so uh, I'd be more. You can't turn around and flip and him pick. either. Yeah, you can't get rid of them. Maybe, maybe uh, next year because they they have to be year, but... they have to move Besser and and Garland I, right now. I feel like is I, what is. I bet you, but Besser at at least is going. Maybe Garland too, but what? Yeah, one of those two guys has to be going, and they're hope, hopefully they're hopeful that Bavillier can supplement that. So in the so top six, I guess. My next question here is obviously when Rick Tuck, Rick Tockett took over the position. <laughs> Do you think he was even remotely informed of kind of the Canucks plan moving forward wow. here? Or did they just kind of screw him over and say, hey, we're just going to sell assets now and completely rebuild with this team? I think Tockett needs to clear his the, the way people view him in the league as a coach from after his stint with the Coyotes. Because I remember that last season with the Coyotes. Um when there, it was clear we weren't talking to him about extending him and stuff, all the talking heads were talking about how Rick Tockett was going to be the most desired coach this off this coming off season, and how if we didn't lock him up long term, he would immediately get picked up by another team. Blah blah blah, and then it didn't happen, and then he went to TNT. Um, I I really think he is more interested in trying to kind Just of get back in the league. Yeah, and just trying to kind of keep up some sort of relevancy in, in the coaching realm right now. But man, I, you, you feel for him. <laughs> I mean, he can't. They they can't have much expectations out of this team, you know. In general, what what they're putting on the ice right now, and 
especially if they end up selling Besser and Garland or one or both. But would you be surprised? Okay, say they sell Besser and they get like he's a guy who would look really good in Dallas because Marchment hasn't been kind of that depth scoring that I think they were looking for. He's been good yeah. for them, but he he's not a. He's goal been a scorer. letdown since the beginning of the year. Yeah, he came out hot, and then I mean Ben. Thankfully, Ben's really picked it up. I mean, could you imagine? Can you imagine the second line being Ben Sagan, Boss or Besser? Yeah, that look pretty good. That would look great, and, and they speed got on the wing. They got yeah, great right. prospects that are probably a year away. Like that that's like the team I would target to try to move him to. Um but I I don't know if they're going to try part of me thinks that they have no idea what they're doing. Like they're they're going into this without any sort of game plan cuz I'm just on cap friendly right now. They got Tyler Myers for two more years at 6 mil. Then the friggin' David Copperfield trick on them, or Chris Angel magic delusion of OEL, OEL <laughs> maybe potentially so coming long, back man. to his yeah. old. Yeah, he's seven point two five mil through the two thousand twenty seven season. I mean, they're they're in a lot of they have a lot of issues between between Miller and OEL. It's just brutal. Yeah, because you're, you're not getting much from Miller. Their ownership, too, has come under more scrutiny, it seems like, as of lately, too. Um, especially kind of, uh, I forget his name, who runs it, but I guess in the Vancouver area, he's not well-loved outside of the Canucks either. Uh, I guess he's some real estate guy, and he's done some pretty shitty things to the uh, huh. people of Vancouver. So that organization just seems like it's in turmoil and kind of a mess. And if I had to guess, they're going to continue to sell off pieces from what it looks like based on this Horvat trade of which they really didn't recoup much. No, no. Yeah, I get. I mean, it's weird because when I look at it on paper, I go, oh, they did pretty good for a rental. And then it's kind of like, well, I don't I mean, it's I think, all, I mean, I it's think all in gonna general where this pick ends up, it's going to depend if Ratty is more of a two C than a three C and how quickly he gets into the NHL. Yeah, it's gonna like, it's gonna yeah. depend if they can keep some of these players because they just signed Kuzmenko and he looks great. And he looks like what they need to kind of blend in with the skill. Yep. Um, but when you have thirteen and a half million locked up on Tyler Myers and OEL on your blue line, like you're kind of stuck. Yeah, it almost seems like their GM is strong armed by Lamorello. Uh, they're oh, man. basically and... taking the offer to begin with, and because if he did chop around and the deal didn't get done. Uh, I'm sure that wouldn't look too good on his part here. So you wonder kind of what actually did happen with the uh, inner workings of that deal. I think in general, it, people believe that the, the Horvat is this an anomaly year, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that I, I saw people bashing the Canucks for what they got, and it's like they traded him for about what he's worth. I mean, that is peak. Is, much. Yeah, I mean, you're not. No one believes that this is what they're getting out of him. 54 yeah. points in 49 games. That's not, he's never been that guy. Like why, why would anybody pay them for that? So to get a prospect that has decent upside and a first round pick, I mean, it looks okay on the surface. And I mean, maybe they can move up in the draft if they're like say sixth or seventh and they get that Isles pick that ends up being like a 16th or 15th. Can they move yeah. up one or two slots to get, 
one of the guys that's a little, you know, I, I, I have two first rounders at that point. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So maybe, maybe a team might be intrigued to, you know, you know, what? actually we're not really sold between these, you know, the third, fourth and fifth guys, like we'll trade up with you guys or, or trade back. Yeah, We need to replenish that's our true. prospect pool basically yep. and take the so, two guys. Yeah. So, I mean, Cooper does too. So, yeah, I mean, and well, that's the other case too. So maybe they get a top five player and they get a top 15 player and, and yeah. that, I mean that's gonna help them a lot. Their their prospect yeah. pool doesn't look that great on the surface right now, so they they should be taking whatever they can get as far as picks and stuff. And if this draft is really as deep as they say it's gonna be, yeah. Now, why did they retain? So they only retain if the pick is inside the top twelve. No, oh, I'm sorry. They oh they only retain on Horvat if it's in the t- top twelve. Yeah, because then it shifts to 2024. No, no, they retain Horvat's salary. They retain 1.3 on the cap. Oh, because I saw it went up to five if the pick is inside the top 12. Oh. Yeah, the they retain almost 5 million if the pick is in the top 12 and it shifts to 2024. Huh. So. Man, I, I didn't realize yeah. like how... I guess that's like if they just if they if the house just suck and he just flops completely, that <laughs> that protects them the Isles, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a terrible move for the Isles. I they they do have Sorokin, who's been outstanding this year, and maybe this is a guy that kind of helps them a little bit. I just I don't know. I, yeah. I'm surprised that there wasn't a contract in place though. Yeah, it makes, it makes I think you the wonder. belief is that he's going to sign her, right? I, probably, but but usually that happens within the next day or two. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out tomorrow or soon. But I was a little surprised that wasn't announced by the end of the day yesterday. Yeah. The other thing is now I think the Islanders have moved their first round pick in all of 2000. 20, 21, and 22, and now 23. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with the Isles, right? They, they haven't, their prospect pool is just dwindling and they're not adding to it. So. And it's for like essentially for Romanov and Horvat. Yeah, I saw, I saw the, what was it? They trade, they trade a bunch to get those two pieces. Like it was Devontae's for like a second. And then they oh, got God, they yeah, traded a, they traded him yeah they traded him him for a second and then they traded a first for Romanov and it was like what the, what the hell's going on here <laughs> <laughs> so they did they did draft in in the first in 2019 2020 they did not I think that's when they got ratty no wait they didn't draft in the first. Or second round in 2020. <laughs> Where did those picks go? Yeah, I mean, they've just been dumping them, man. And it's not like this <laughs> team has been like, you know, so, we've seen it work with certain teams. I guess, I mean, I guess it worked with um, VGK a couple of years ago, right? But getting rid of first round picks isn't really a good thing for your future. Yeah. And then the and- other crazy thing, I know we're talking about this a lot, but... It, it, it is kind of wild when you start digging into both of these teams. So one team is like borderline com- competing. I wouldn't call them a contender, though. They're, no. they're going to be kind of like lucky to get into the playoffs. 
The other team has been wanting to be in that spot, but can't seem to get it. One, the the borderline competitor has no draft capital, and the, they just constantly are getting rid of it to add to this roster. And then the other one, that Vancouver has so much money wrapped up into either bad players, buyouts, and long-term injured reserve players. They have $6 million on cap this year, and it goes down to 2.5 next year on Michael Furlan and Tucker Poolman. <laughs> Furlan Jesus. comes off next season. They have right now 13.75 million in injured reserve with Demco, who I forgot signed for 5 million a year. Um, Mikhev, Mikhev, yeah. Do you see that? Which, too? Which, is another, was... which is another little skilled winger. That's did, you see, did you see what happened with him though? He was playing. He had got injured in the preseason, like an ACL injury, and was playing through it. And then they oh, finally geez. decided to give surgery. There, there was a lot of people bashing the Canucks for that, but he he actually spoke out and said, "I decided, like, I found that I could play on it, so I decided to play on it. It wasn't the team that pushed me to do it." So yeah, I thought that was got, interesting. They got a good PR agent then. Yeah, and right. Tanner Pearson, three point two five. Yeah, I almost forgot that Tanner Pearson was there, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it, so, like, acquiring another forward in this trade is just insane. Yeah, they need defense, and they've needed it for two or three years now, and they haven't addressed it. So, keep so, keep sending out Ethan yeah. Bear and Travis Dermott. And <laughs> guys. Yeah, All so right. I, guess, yeah. I guess we'll see what... Uh, where this goes, I, yeah, while, I think we can evaluate yeah. the trade in in a little bit. Um, I think if Horvat doesn't sign, it's a big egg in the face for Islanders, even if yeah. they make the playoffs. I, I mean, mean if they don't win a cup and he out. doesn't resign, it's going to be disastrous for them. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think Vancouver's only a win. I still think it's kind of questionable. Of the Beauvillier part's just weird to me, but uh, yeah. they yeah. I'm, hopefully they have some sort of plan. If not, you know, whatever. Could, could you guys see this being like if the Islanders, if Sorokin gets hot, could you see them being like the Canadians a few years ago where you're like, this team's not good yeah. on paper, like goal scoring wise, but their goaltenders, like he's such a good goaltender and he's been, I mean, he, he's been a little cold recently, but they could be a team like that, right? With with Agreed. all the depth at center that they have now. Yeah. As much as we're bashing Horvat, he's a pretty solid two way center. And no, the, the other guys aren't bad either. So it's we're no. you know, we're talking a lot of shit, but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a well constructed team. I mean, it's kind of like Seattle, except maybe less skilled guys, less um, goal scoring for sure, less goal scoring. And but the, I mean, none of those lines are bad or easy to play against no i'm looking at out still so i mean you get to add him at some point i don't know if he's coming back this season or what yeah you look at the standings right now and even all the turmoil that the islanders have gone through as of late with this extremely cold streak that they're on um they're only three points out of a playoff spot and if they can spark that scoring i definitely could see them going on a run here I mean, the East is absolutely loaded with teams, but they are one of those teams that can just shut people down defensively. And if they do get three goals a game, it's it's kind of maybe all they need in certain certain spots, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, they don't look sexy on paper, right? But no. they, they're a team that can, when when the playoffs come around, if they get there, like they can win those two to one games with yeah. the goaltending they have. Yeah, that's a great comparison to the uh, Canadians because you're right. Yeah, yeah, nobody thought nobody thought that team was good. Like nobody's yeah. excited about the Canadians no. that year. But I mean, they were there. They were, and they just kept yeah. winning. The amount of money people lost betting against the Canadians that uh, Stanley Cup run was. I actually egregious. won a lot of money betting the Canadians really? that year. It was great. Really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that was great. <laughs> I just kept betting them. <laughs> All righty. Well, that was your Boa Horvat talk for the year. Um, <laughs> Let's uh let's get into the games for Tuesday here. So we'll start off here. All the games are at seven tonight, which of course the NHL just continues to thrive with scheduling. God, which is just great, it's great PR it's, moves. Especially right before a long yeah. break. Yeah, only three games here. Let's not stagger them seven, eight, nine, or kind of put <laughs> one late game. Nope. Like we're just gonna go straight at seven here. So kudos to their PR department there. Uh, great job, guys. First game here, the Kings take on the uh, Hurricanes here. Kings have won three of the last four here after a three-game losing streak, so they're turning things around before the break here. Carolina's won five straight, though, so they're red hot right now. In terms of matchup history, Carolina has won their last six matchups against the Kings here. Carolina's a heavy home favorite here, minus 200 on the money line. Over-under is at six, slightly juiced to the under here. This is an interesting game here because it feels like uh, the Kings are a live underdog here, but I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on this uh, before we kind of go into it. Man, the Hurricanes have looked so good recently. It's really hard to not back them. Kings are on the last game of this really long road trip that's been a fairly decent success for them. I mean, it's been a little up and down, right? They beat Florida and then lost to Tampa. Um you got to think a lot of those guys are thinking about having nearly a week off where Carolina has to play tomorrow. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I know you said that it's hard to say maybe Kings just empty the tank tonight or, or maybe they're already checked out. Yeah. It's a weird spot too. Cause Carolina is coming off a pretty nice win against Boston. Yeah. So, it's it's tough right now, man, to judge what you're gonna get from line to line or just team by team of who cares. Like what what players are gonna come out and play their hearts out? What players are thinking about sipping on uh some mojitos in the sun right now? <laughs> no, exactly. Um in terms of I, I, would, I think I would yeah. lean Carolina money line here though. because uh, again they Vacation doesn't start tomorrow for them. They got to go up to Buffalo. Yeah, I'll be at that game, so that should be oh, a fun sweet. one to see. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be Copley and Anderson. That Copley's allowed three in each of his last two starts, while Anderson is allowed one, two, two, two. Um, yep. I, and to me, it signals by having Anderson in tonight. It kind of signals to me that they would love to secure the win at home. And yeah, then let let what happens happens tomorrow in Buffalo. Yeah, it almost feels like they feel more confident in Buffalo than they do tonight. So they're going to put Anderson in that, and they can go with um, Ronta or Ronta tomorrow, most likekly. Yeah, I don't think Koshetov's been playing. No, nah, he hasn't. He hasn't gotten yeah. called up. No, so Ron will probably get the start tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I lean the under here in this game. I think it's going to be a physical mm-hmm. matchup. I think 
Um, like you said before, I do think the Kings are kind of going to empty the clip here against a solid team. They have been pretty decent on the road this year. Um, but I think the goaltender matchup too, um, and LA is pretty solid defensively as a team. So I, I lean the under here, not six, but um, no real official plays in this matchup. It's probably the best game of the night for sure. Here's the scary thing about the under, and I'm not saying don't take it. The Kings games have had less than six goals only two times out of their last 10. Their goaltending has been really spotty, and they've been able to score. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, maybe you go like a Kings team total under then or something like that to try to save yourself yeah. from that, that worry. Yeah. Yeah, but, you're right. The last three matchups of these teams, it's gone over. I think the I think the wheels are falling off the Copley wagon for sure, and Quick has you know Quick is, is what he yeah, has now. been bad man. He's been bad. They, they need to figure out goaltending if they want to keep on hanging. I mean, they're still squeezing out wins, but it's you know it's almost like the Canucks here four to three, six to three, five to one against Vegas. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't think Copley's the long term answer for them. I mean. No. He, Seems like he's a decent backup. They can maybe play one or two games in a row, but yeah. him being your starter is not going to help. Right it's now. not Tim Thomas 2.0. No. Mm-hmm. no. Uh, interesting look here. Carolina team total over three and a half here, minus 120 at DraftKings. They've gone over this number in four of their last five games at home. They also wow. averaged 3.43 goals for. Um, and then, like we said before, uh, Copley is allowed three at least in his last two games, and one of those was to Philly, and then to Florida. So that could be a um, tonight for sure. I, you know, just counting out of the last eight losses that the Kings had, only one was under four goals. Uh, the yeah. last nine now, <laughs> I'm going further, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14... 15 out 15 only four were under four yeah so if they lose lose, they lose bad yeah over three and a half minus 120 yeah that team total is interesting and it's kind of crazy to see a minus 120 over 3.5 against the kings so yeah there's some value there yeah for sure uh any player props you guys like in this matchup here tonight that's where i'm more leaning at this point um i I don't really prefer a side but yeah I already locked in uh, Kempe shots. Mm-hmm. Um, four of his last five, he's hit. Seven of his last ten overall, and he's four or five away as well, um, averaging almost six attempts per game over his last five. Um, and then as he well does. against Carolina, Kempe's, he's he's been yeah, awesome. Three and three, yeah, three for yeah. three in the matchups, yeah. And his attempts have been insane, man. Like ten, seven, and seven were his attempts against Carolina, um, the last three games. So. Clearly, he likes to fire against them. I know they're not typically a target, especially with you know that that line most likely matching up against Stall. But I I think they're gonna he's gonna be firing tonight. So I like him. I like that a lot too. It's a great the line. the other one I really like is Aho goal. He's just yep. <laughs> he's been on fire, man. I mean, um, four goals in his last three games overall. Um, he's two of two against the L A. And he, as well, has been firing a lot. I know his shots are a little juiced, but I don't think of him as like a shooter on this team. I think of him as more of a playmaker overall. But the last few games, he's been his attempts are way up. Uh-huh. Um, he's just playing with confidence right now. So 
with, with what we're saying about Copley giving up goals, I think I was probably seems, licking his chops. It seems like he's doing this in a time where both Shev and Nietzsche has kind of fallen off a little bit on the goal scoring side of things. So yep. he's kind of picked up the slack there. Um, I really like Tavo point. He's on the top line with Aho. So if you think Aho can get a goal, there's a you know, decent chance that he's going to be part of that. He's hit seven of his last 10 at home on the top power play unit. The Kings shockingly have a very bad PK. Yeah, they were like one of the top five last year, I think it was. And now they're bottom 10. They're, yeah, they're seventh worst right now. Um, So I, I really like that. I, I think his point was like minus 121. So I thought there was a ton of value there. Another, if you're looking for like a parlay piece, uh, Nietzsche's point was minus 140, which seems really low for a guy who was probably in like minus 180 to probably close to minus 200 at one point this season. And he's hit eight of his last 10 at home. I like so that he, a lot, actually. That seems really good because he's he looks good for a goal as well. He's got three yeah. goals in his last three games. So, yeah, so he's kind of heating up again, too. So, um, I mean, we got Columbus and Washington for one of the other games. So I'm sure you can, in Ottawa and Montreal for the other. So I'm sure you can find another kind of juice piece. And, and instead of slamming what typically would be like two minus 180 minus 200 point props, you're getting one for almost half off. Yeah. My, my one would probably be Giroux that I'm, I was looking, yep. I was looking at yep. combining him with either Aho point Burns point or nature's point. I just can't decide which one. So Yeah. Did you mention Burns point? I, I did it, so, but yeah, that okay, looks good yeah. as well. So yeah, Burns is hitting his last five games, um, recording at least one point. He's hitting his last three at home. And then in terms of the matchup two against the Kings, he's um, really nice. Yeah, he's hitting four of his last five games against the Kings as well. So I like Burns' point as well. I think that's a great look. Uh, minus 125 on DraftKings. And again, if yeah. you're going on that PK angle where Kings are just allowing goals on the power play a lot, that's that's kind of where Burns shines. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, any other looks in this game or ready to move on to the next? I'm good. I just hope it's I hope it's a fun game and it's not. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the like, thing that's worrying me the most, right? It's like, yeah. am I am I going to get what I expect, or are we just going to see? I think like, Kings going to come out. Like, yeah, well I, I, out. yeah. I think we we got two good spots here where one team has to play again tomorrow and they're at home. So might as well close out the last home game in a big way. And we got another team who's ending a road trip, empty the tank out. And now you got Wednesday to Monday off. Yeah. So I think, Uh, I think we have that at least. (laughs) Yeah. Next game here, uh, Ottawa at Montreal here. Ottawa's won its last four matchups against Montreal here. Uh, They're also on a three-game winning streak with Montreal on the flip side of that, losing their last three. Um, Interesting game here. I I think Franco kind of let us off with it in the last game, but um, you have Giroux shots on goal, Franco. Yeah, I have his shots on goal, and I love his point as well. And honestly, I might even sprinkle his goal. Like, I, it, he loves playing this team. So, um, the shots on goal is the best. That's that's my favorite bet of if I'm betting one Giroux prop. Um, he just seems to love playing this team, and he just is firing every time. I know he hit um, the previous game against them, um, and he had two goals as well. 
Um, and his, it was his last six games in a row, he's gone over the two and a half with games of four, three times, and then one game with seven shots. So he looks great. Yeah, I like it. Budsky, did you have anything here? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm on Drew, too. It was pretty hard to ignore. Yeah. Um, one thing I liked on FanDuel, I guess I was just kind of looking at what I placed some uh, units on. Um, the Kirby Doc shots is a great look. Uh, three kind of worries me. So I, I on FanDuel, I just sit down to two, and I loaded that up with Brett Burns' point. Um, I'm, really, I'm really hopeful some of the rest of this top six gets going because like Mike Hoffman, Josh Anderson, they got, I mean, their point props are in the the plus money right now. And I I just wish I was a little bit more confident on taking them. Mike Hoffman used to be on Ottawa, but I looked at his history. It's, it's kind of spotty. Yeah. He, in shots and goal against Ottawa, he's hitting four of his six games. So that's pretty good. Something to know. Oh yeah. Plus one Oh four. But is he on the top power play or not? Because Ottawa gives up a good amount of penalties, too. Shit, I may be adding this. Yeah, I mean, both teams give up a ton of penalties, so this could be a game where there's plenty on both sides. I just am horrified of taking anything Montreal-wise with all the injuries. It's just, I can't. I can't, personally. Yeah, you wonder. Hoffman, too, had a big game last game. Um, So... They just played Ottawa too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, he is on the top power play in nine attempts. So you wonder if he's due for a regression game um, or what. But um, no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I I wish his chart had. Man, he had eight and seven attempts. I'm I'm getting tempted. Yeah, oddly enough, too. I I talked about this before, but they're um, that strategy of kind of fading taking the opposite of what happens in the first game when they, uh, when the teams play within kind of a week span of each other or even a month. Um, yeah. But like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if Montreal wins this one tonight, just based on that trend of it's hard to beat a team, especially in back-to-back games, uh, let alone yep. kind of within that short period here. So I certainly think Montreal oddly enough is a live dog at home. So um, I, I, I like Montreal I sprinkle winning on the money line. Yeah, I, I like on the money line there. I like them winning more than I like the Kings winning. Yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts here? Are you guys ready to get to Washington? Um, here, wait one second. I thought there was. No, I'm I'm good. I get, I got one more thing. So All I'm, right, I'm yeah. trying to decide here. Like I I want to back a Sens power play point prop. Um, if you're looking at the charts, the last couple of games here, um, Giroux's been really good. So has uh, Sanderson and that guy Rid- Ridley Gregg as well. All yeah, have mm-hmm. been pretty good recently. And, you know, Giroux's in at 230, so he's probably like your 235. He's your safest, obviously. But, I mean, Gregg hit the last time against them. He's hit two of his last three, and he's plus 590. And then um, Sanderson has hit three in a row, and he's plus 590 as well. And he hit that last game against Montreal too. So, I mean yeah. – <laughs> plus 590 is, is pretty nice i'm trying to decide which one i'm gonna go with to make official but you can I even think, sprinkle on both yeah i mean if I, one hits you're like you're doing exa- pretty well. ex- exactly i it montreal's power play or penalty kill is just terrible ottawa's power play has been pretty good and 
it's just it seems like a recipe for success there, regardless of what this final outcome is. So I like it. Yeah, yeah I like that no, too. Sure. I've been I've been sprinkling that Greg goal past two games and has not hit. He's yeah, it's not hitting, but he's been hitting his power play. Yeah, which yeah, is like I almost know. better. I <laughs> it's know. crazy. Yeah, those are two good looks as well. Plus five ninety. Yeah, I mean, that second power play unit for Ottawa looks great with Debrink and Giroux. Yeah. Yeah. They can score just as well as the first unit can. So, no doubt. I don't mind. No doubt. Alrighty. Let's move on to Washington at Columbus here. Washington has won six or seven last matchups against the Blue Jackets here. Uh, both teams pretty inconsistent as of late. Washington's lost three of their last four here. Columbus has lost their last two. Um, Washington heavy home or heavy road favorite, excuse me, minus two thirty, uh, over under set at six and a half here. I truly don't have a play on the side of the total here. Um, I don't know if you guys did on either side. Lingren's been bad. Yeah, He's, his past uh, couple starts have been really bad, and the Capitals have not looked great. So. Um, I think he's let, I think it was 15 goals in his last three games, his last three starts. I feel like, I feel like Columbus is due. I I keep on saying this too. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I guess they got that win against Edmonton, but this is, I, I like Montreal as being a dog. I kind of like Columbus being a dog tonight too. It seems crazy though. I'm I'm really having a hard time talking myself into doing it. I haven't done it yet. But yeah, you know, I mean, weird stuff happens before the break. I agree. If there's a, if there's a time to really back a back a dog, I think it's this. This will be the day. Now. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think this is the day for sure because it's not like Ottawa is significant. I mean, Ottawa is better than Montreal, but it's not like they're facing the Bruins or one of the elite teams in the NHL here. Mm-hmm. You know. Ottawa's had letdown games all season, and so especially on the road. Especially yeah. on the road, Ottawa's not been very good. No, so. yeah. Um, the only play I kind of like in this game is Boone Jenner uh, point here. He's gone over in four of his last five games. He's hit on the road in three of his last five here, and then in their last game against the Capitals, Jenner had a goal and an assist. Um, so he's hit in two of his last three matchups against the Caps. So that's a look here. If you're looking to continue to kind of back Columbus here and you think they're going to have a decent game, especially with Lindgren uh, giving up so many goals as of late. Yeah. Uh, Columbus team total over 2.5 at minus 115 is if, if you are scared about the money line, you can probably get some value there. Yep. Um, I just cooked it up. Um, Patrick line and um, the goal and the Columbus money lines plus 450. That's not bad. It's tempting. What what I tend to do if I if I want to like really get crazy with these types of games, like I don't want a piece of Washington in a shootout or overtime. To be honest, if Columbus is going to win this game, they're going to win in reg. So like I'll just bet them to win in reg instead of even. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're, yeah. you're, you're already risking as it is, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I do it a lot when I'll fade like the the Bruins or like good teams like that. Like I don't want to part part of them in overtime. They're just gonna they're gonna shred me if we get there. So like 
I'll, I'll tend to go reg if I if I'm really liking a dog like this to cover that has yeah, no business. So yeah, I mean Columbus did upset um, Calgary on the road though in OT the other day. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying if if it comes down to a shootout or, or OT, like you know you're gonna be sweating bullets there so yeah no i like the thought process though for yeah sure. plus 260 as a compared to 180 so it's Dang. a nice bump yeah. any other like action here? um johansson the point looks really good he's on line with backstrom um and mantha who has a decent history versus columbus as well and I believe, let me pull it up here. I think he's hit seven of his last 10, and it's plus money. It's like plus 122. Yeah, I got him for, sorry, plus 112 for Marcus Johansson. Um, has hit six out of his last 10 games, seven out of his last 10 on the road. Backstrom points only minus 130, and he, he last game, he at least he was centering the top power play unit. Kuznetsov is kind of a fade for me right now. He is not on the top power play unit and is centering a line with Milano. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Kuznetsov's on a line with Milano and Mantha. Backstrom's on a line with Johansson and Oshie. Hmm. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you're so used to only thinking about whoever's top center and Ovechkin and John Carlson for like your only props and, and Kuznetsov as your only props that are worthwhile for the capitals. But right now they're getting a lot of depth scoring. And I think Ovi tends to play down right before breaks. Maybe that's, maybe that's a terrible assumption in my head, but I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I'm. I'm not that excited about this game to be honest. No, no I'm not no, either. Yeah, this, <laughs> this game, it feels yeah, and it's exactly why it feels like Columbus could pull this off. Man, Ovechkin's on both power play units. Yeah, he just sits there, dude. Yeah, he just yeah, chills. He doesn't move. It's good. I, I like didn't know it. if they actually listed him on both, but yeah, that's hysterical. Um, all right, here we already did get off this game, Eric. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I would consider would be like um, Marchenko goal, just because he's been pretty hot recently. Yeah, um, I just it's been on the power play mostly, though, right? Yeah, and and I guess their PK is pretty pretty good, so I'm probably not. I'm I, like I said, I don't really want to bet anything on this team. So, yeah. no, I think I, I think I like the regulation one most. I I might I'm, I might do that just for the hell of it. Throw a half unit on it and see what happens. What is yeah. Marchenko goal plus reg win? It's like plus 300. Oh, no, it's got plus, I mean, plus, uh, plus reg win. I don't know. That's probably pretty good. Oh, I don't know if they'll let me do 60 minute with a goal. They might let you do it on DraftKings. It, it, some books are like touchy with that. I don't know why. Yeah, they don't let me do it on Caesars. But, Marchenko but yeah, I think, goal I think we can. And money line is. Plus six seventy five. Yeah, I mean, it just yeah. depends on how stupid you yeah. want to get. I mean, this yeah, yeah. obviously this is not a best bet or anything by, by no. any stretch, but no. you want to have a little um, fun. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game here. Um, Wednesday, Carolina at Buffalo. Here, we've already kind of touched on Carolina and their hot streak. The Sabers have also been pretty decent as well. They've won five of their last six here. Uh, in terms of Carolina on back-to-backs here, Carolina is 6-0-1, 5-2 to the over. 
add the over to my card for tomorrow. It yep. seems like an absolute <laughs> shootout, especially with Ronta and that. Um, UPL has been better as of late, but still, um, I don't trust him. He's pretty much given up three in his last few starts. And no, I think this is a high flying game here. Send it out on a high note here. The Sabres definitely want to continue trying to build momentum this season. So I like the over at six and a half here. It's only minus 110. I'm sure that line's going to change tomorrow. Yeah. I think I'm willing to jump jump in on the over too. Buffalo has been burning me lately, but it seems like they're kind of getting out of that scoring slump. Um, again, another team that's fighting for a playoff spot. So this is not a team that, you know, could take the night off like the Capitals tonight against Columbus. <laughs> yeah, um, no, the- even though I know Columbus, Washington's kind of fighting for a playoff spot too, but it's just kind of, a little bit different. You know, this is a a playoff a team fighting for a playoff spot playing against a contender who played the night before versus a team fighting for a playoff spot playing the worst team in the league right before they get five days off. Yeah. Nine of nine of their last 10 matchups have gone over as well. Buffalo, Buffalo versus Carolina. Carolina. Yep. Uh, Crazy. Eight of their last 10, one was a push. Okay. So, Cause yep. yeah, right now one, two, one, The more you're talking about it, the more I want to bet it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to take the over now. I'm sure this line's going to change. And it, if it, I'm I'm positive or pretty sure it's not going to swing in the opposite direction here. No, especially is it once six people or start 6. to jump five. Up. It's six and a half, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I like uh, the over a lot here. I um, will say if, if Carolina wins tonight, like pretty easily, I kind of want to bet Buffalo tomorrow. I, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but. especially that. I agree. Uh, yeah, I'll be on the Sabres, obviously, but um, I'm not not like an official pick. But if you're, if you're going to the game, you got to take the home team. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have to. Yeah, that's true. But if I, I were so. you, I would in this case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Give me all the player props, everything. But I'm um, no, I'm just messing around. But yeah, any <laughs> uh, any other thoughts here on this game here? Obviously, one of the lines, the player props here, but um. Yep, I mean, but Sabres plus 140 right now, too, is a decent look. I was kind of looking ahead to player props. Um, Skinner looked decent, Skinner point. I, I don't know what he's going to be at, but I'm hoping maybe we get a reduced price because it's against Carolina. Mm-hmm. Maybe he might be like that 130 minus 140 range. I, I don't know if that's going to be what happens, but um, he's been pretty good recently. Uh, four points in his last three games. And uh, in four games played in the last three years against Carolina, he has four points. So um, looks pretty good on the surface. Yeah, Darlene, too, has also started to shoot more as of late in his last fives, averaging 3.4 shots on goal and uh, 4.6 shot attempts. So he's another look. I wish they'd offer Olofsson shots on goal props, but I don't think that's I know, man. I've been waiting. he's, He's been good. He's been really hot. Yeah. Um, so. But I don't think they're going to give us that one. No, I don't think so either. Betsky, any other looks here? Or going to move on to Boston, Toronto? Yeah, yeah. I'll just see what if there's some value plays tomorrow. Um, I'll probably be looking at Tage shot, shots. I know Carolina is pretty good at suppressing, but one, I don't think it matters who Tage plays with if he's motivated. And like you said, so, if, if, if 
Carolina just cruises through tonight. I think they're going to be in party mode already. And I think it's a good spot for the uh, big stars, maybe step up one last time before a little bit of a break. Yeah. So my only concern with Tage here is he has taken the last two days off of practice. He's been nursing an injury. He came back today, um, but I'm not sure if he's going to be a hundred percent. Okay. So good to that's know. my only no. concern with Thompson is him and cousins have been out of practice the last two days. So just something to note there if you're checking that, out those guys. That might hold me back on that over then. Yeah, same. <laughs> They're in the lineup. They were skating today. But um Yeah, I, but they I, I mean know. they've been playing. And I was counting this earlier. I think they only have over six point five, one, two, four. It looks like only four times in their last ten, maybe five at most. Yeah, no, only four of their last 10. They've gone over 6.5. So it is a little dicey, but yeah. but I kind of like the idea of maybe them giving one more Ruhaha. Yeah. And it's not like Carolina has any trouble scoring. And the Sabres don't have a problem running up goals either. So, exactly. yeah. Aho and Nate just have pretty good numbers against them as well. To, if you if you want to continue riding, us, <laughs> if, they, if they score again tonight, I mean, I'm I'm probably gonna be on both of them tomorrow. So yeah, okay. Um, last game Wednesday, Toronto is facing off against Boston. Here um, should be a really good game. Here, I'm looking at the line right now, um, Toronto's a slight home dog plus a hundred. Boston. Minus 120 in the money line, over-under is five and a half here. This is a game, I'll probably look at props tomorrow, but in terms of a side or a total, I'm really not going to touch. I, Last, I'm in the yeah. same boat. I don't like yeah. teams that are stacked with people that are potentially going to the All-Star game. or I, I don't know why. I, I cower a little bit when teams have a lot of superstars on their teams right before a break. Um. This could easily be a 2-0 game. I, wait, they just played each other, though, right? Yeah, Boston won 4-3 at home uh, January 14th. <laughs> so it means Toronto's going to win. If we yeah. do our is, theory. Is it recent opposite. enough, though? <laughs> it's January 14th. January 14th? Yeah, yeah so, of that. Yes, it's not that far away. Two weeks. It's not as great. I was thinking for some reason I was thinking it was this weekend, but that was Carolina. There's been a lot of those, right? Where it's been like yeah. a Friday and a Monday or something. Yeah. yeah. You're, I mean, it's hard not. I mean, I guess at this point, Toronto plus money at home. I know. Well, you wait, almost, is Matthews still Matthews is still Matthews out? Matthews is still out, obviously. Yeah. But Boston's been worse on the road this year. Toronto's been better at home. I can I see know, Boston like just mailing in this performance. Me too. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they've lost three straight though. So you wonder if they, I don't think they've lost more. three straight all year <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to look at it. And the other way to look at it is they don't want to go into the break here down four and have a week off. Yeah, maybe. Or it's kind of like, well, what's the boss going to do? They're not going to see me for five days. Yeah. We're ahead of, <laughs> we're ahead of everyone. By, you know, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like think about think about that last day too. of work right before winter break or Thanksgiving break. Yeah, they're if I don't get this turned in, what are they going to do? Yeah, they have sorry five sorry five o'clock for them. <laughs> they're not going to look at their yeah. email. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Um, I'll I'll I'd probably I'm almost like not counting it as a game. I want to 
jump in on. Tavares is still looking. For, oh, no, he just played his thousandth game. Never mind. And he didn't do shit on it. No, so he had two assists. Everybody's all pissed off because he didn't have any shots. He didn't have shots or it's, goal, yeah. it's funny though, man. Like everybody gets pissed off because he doesn't hit a shot goal properly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he he sucked that last game. Oh, he had yeah. two assists and they won. So <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not bad. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah, I, mean, yeah. I feel like this is a watch, watch and see. I mean, me can hop in live if if Toronto just has the legs and sleep Boston. Or if it's going back and care. forth, it could be kind of fun to kind of ladder up the over, but yeah, but overall it'll probably just be a watch game for me and stay off. I don't really like betting props against either of these teams either. Yeah, like shot no. props or, or point props, because no. they're both stingy yeah. and it's just like I, I'm I'm good. So yeah, That's there's gonna at. be 30 more games from all these teams. So I can yeah. I can I can pass on one. Pass yeah. yep, exactly. Another even though, stat. Yeah. Even though I'll wake up tomorrow and realize I only have two NHL games to bet on <laughs> until Monday, and then all of a sudden I'm <laughs> dropping eight units on <laughs> these two games. Yeah. You're degenerately betting the all-star game fastest skater. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm not right. I'm not missing out on that this time. I'm trying to look no. up the rosters to see. And and we're going to try to do an all star breakdown. Yeah, so we'll so we'll do an all star breakdown. The issue is they don't come out with kind of the skills comp rosters uh, till the day or two before, and mm-hmm. so then they'll have the odds. But um, yeah, so we'll probably we'll record one later this week and kind of break down some do a fun episode of props for that. Um, awesome. But all right, any closing thoughts here? No, I'm I'm excited for. Uh, I really like these three games tonight. If they go south, it's going to suck. But I, I really do kind of like these three games. So, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm hoping we have some consistency and normalcy tonight. And then when this, when we start getting back in the swing of things after the All Star break, I hope that these teams that are supposed to be good, these players are supposed to be good, that we expect to be consistent. Look at their charts and their numbers and all the stuff that we dive into every single freaking day mm-hmm. pays off for us instead of it being that one game where they're just getting cardio. So I hope that that yep. starts changing in general because it seems like it's been up and down for a lot of us. So I'm yep. thinking that that break is going to be just what everybody needs uh, us as the betters and the players as well. So, yeah, I was looking back at my, my data from last season and January was brutal for me. And then I think I only had, like three or four i think it was three weeks that i had the losing record and only one of those was minus units from the all-star break through the playoffs so i'm i'm very excited for (laughs) winter to be over all right well if you guys want to shout out your socials one last time we'll wrap this up sure i'm uh gretzky betskis at twitter and I'm Franco the Banker at on Twitter. Awesome. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Gator Betting. This has been another episode of Expected Bets 4. Thank you all for listening. See you.